This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Ying.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. Once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. So who is my guest of today? Well, what I can tell you is Bradley built Lightspeed VT into a multi-million dollar global tech company from scratch. As its founder and CEO, his vision led to Lightspeed VT becoming the world's leading interactive training system, a system he's proud to share with others. In addition to being a CEO, Brad also hosts the top-rated podcast, Dropping Bombs, and is the author of The Real Deal. Brad has helped numerous companies and individuals generate millions, including such heavy hitters as Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Grant Cardone, Tom Hopkins, World Series Poker, Top Chef, Chase Bank, and many others. He has also been featured in Forbes, The Huffington Post, Inc. Magazine, GCTV, and is a regular guest on several top-rated podcasts, including Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Brad, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you today? Thank you, Lisa. I'm fantastic. If I was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> or triplets. Go high. Go high. So let me just say, hey, Brad, I want to first ask you, do you got your band pod on? Is your stogie lit? My stogie was not lit, and no, no man pawn. You don't have your man pawn on. <laughs> no, I invented it. It was, just a, it was just a theory. It was just a thought. Okay. Well, when you cited that there was 20, 92%, and this was from the American Journal of Medicine, I thought, is it a slow day in COVID world that you've got 92% of men having skid marks in their underwear as being in that, that publication. I thought that's pretty sad, but anyway, I appreciated the humor. I got a laugh of that on your Instagram account. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so I'm always paying attention to you. So let me just say off the hop, I love your mission and let's start with that. So your mission is to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. So let's start with why that's so pivotal, why that's so profound, because we know it's a simple concept, but not many people either acknowledge it for what it should be, nor do they implement it. Yeah, well, I mean, originally, I think it started with my dad, who was a hardworking blue collar worker who just never could make ends meet, you know, very mm -hmm. a lot of integrity, 
but just could not get financially where he wanted to be. And growing up, we always hear that it's, you know, hard work and, and, you know, ethics and all of these various things we talk about. However, to, to, you know, in my experience, that's not necessarily true. You know, Mm -hmm. they're out there trying to learn how to get to the next level when in reality, they probably should unlearn a few things. And that's one of them. So my mission became evident when, um, you know, I helped a guy kind of change his life around financially. And it just, it just made me want to help other people. And then it got me realizing businesses are going out of business because of lack of knowledge. People Mm -hmm. don't know how to close a deal. They don't know how to find financing. They don't know how to generate leads, you know, place Facebook ads, whatever the, you know, situation is. It's just a lack of knowledge. There's marriages going under because they don't know how to communicate. There's kids dropping out of school because, you know, the parents didn't know how to motivate them or, or, or parent them. And it's always just a lack of knowledge. So I believe if we can get the knowledge from the people who have it, the successful, to the people who need it, mm-hmm. the world's going to be a better place. And I want to leave a mark when I'm here to make the world a better place. Fantastic. Well, I believe you've already been highly successful in achieving that. And I know for the game that you play with yourself and the standards that you have, you know, beyond the sky is the limit. So you're not somebody who comes with an expiry date. You're not somebody who comes with self-imposed limitations. There's no lack mindset. In fact, rather, it's the opposite. It's abundance. And so, I mean, there's only ever going to be continual growth and momentum where you're concerned. So you're just, you're a fun person to follow, Brad. You truly are. And so to parallel with what you just said, you know, I like the discerning difference, the differentiation between chasing your dreams versus building your dreams. So why is that so distinctly different? And and what is the shift, the paradigm shift in just the verbiage of that? Well, I believe, you know, a lot of people, again, are taught to chase their dreams and never give up, things of that nature. When in reality, I found that I really didn't chase the dream. I built it. Yes. And when someone understands that it's just, it's just something that you build, just like happiness, you don't find happiness, you choose happiness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are out there trying to be happy and trying to be successful. So I'm just trying to help. Well, number one, we don't chase the dream. We build it. Now, how do we build it? Well, I've got a few processes and techniques that I've used that seem to have been effective. However, if you think about it, you know, if you have no idea what something looks like, how do you, how do you go out and build it? All creation begins with a thought. Okay. Mm-hmm. See in the world, a chair, a, 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 a silk plant, a statue, they're all created in somebody's mind first. So if we realize that, that success is something we create, something we build, well, then we have to figure out what is it we're building. And most people fail to do that. You have to define what success looks like to you. If I were going to say, find me in a room full of people and you had no idea what I look like, you could be searching all night for me. However, if you knew exactly what I look like, well, then it'd be pretty easy to find me or much easier at least. So that's what I mean. It's like, you know, figure out what it is it looks like first. Too many people are out there grinding and working hard and making choices and trying to make moves. And they really never stop to define what success looks like. A lot of people ask me, you know, what is the key to success? I always say, it's not really a key. It's more of a combination and everyone has their own. I've studied, you know, a lot of different people as I've coached them. And ultimately it's, it's a lack of 
definition and clarity that I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and what I loved about what you said too, like it really underscored the difference between chasing your dreams versus building your dreams is when do you ever catch your dreams, right? You get tired. You said that you're eventually going to get tired. So when you preface things in such a way that it's intuitively sound and it makes sense and you're using your time effectively, that's when the results show up and results never lie, as you know. Results have shown up clearly and abundantly in your life. So good job on you. But I also want to talk. Yeah, I also want to talk about because um, you, you I mean, I love the content that you put up because it's controversial in some respects. Right. You don't appeal to placating what other people want. You're very clear on who is Bradley and who does Bradley then choose to show up for. And I like how you also underscore everything with it is a choice. And I certainly subscribe to that. And I reiterated that in all my content over and over again as well. So when you did your video over on Instagram and you made reference to, you know, the benefits, the upside to losing followers, let's talk a little bit about that. I love that. The tuna, the mackerel, save the whales. I thought that was brilliant. Thank you. I just think, you know, too many people are afraid of the fear of judgment from others. So they, so they just stay quiet Mm -hmm. and ultimately, you know, filter what they say, because again, that's what we've learned to do. However, you know, if you're truly wanting to have a a tribe, let's say of, of people that support you and love you, and it just makes your, your world a little bit better, then you have to say what you believe that way the, the the universe has its natural way of filtering those people. So if I say something that offends you repeatedly, eventually you'll go away, you'll unfollow. And then if I say something that you think is funny or it resonates with you, well then obviously you become more of a loyal follower anyway. So if somebody were to just kind of say what they mean and use that authenticity to let the universe naturally you know, wash out the, the tribe, you're going to find a more pure environment uh, or group, if you will. Why? Well, because you're not afraid of the hate. You're not afraid of people talking, you know, crap and, and, and unfollowing you. I don't care if you unfollow or not. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, if, if, if you do care and you're not saying the right things or you're not saying things that you believe, you're just saying what you think everybody wants to hear your, your fan base or your follower base is really just kind of this mixed, you know, vanilla crowd. And I believe if they're not engaged and they're not truly behind you, then, then, then you really don't want them anyway. Bingo. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, and when we're talking about success and when we're talking about really knowing who you are and making that work for you, I mean, that's, that's the attractor factor right? Because anybody can piggyback off of what other people are doing. A lot of people still don't understand, you know, it's not about emulating other people. It's not, uh, you know, cherry picking and and hopping on other people's coattails. People get sick of that. I mean, there's only one Bradley, there's only one Grant Cardone, there's only one Oprah Winfrey, but they knew who they were so much so that they made it work for them. And that's what became the appeal. That's what became the allure. Um, So, for people to get to the echelon of what you've managed to build up for yourself and what you've cultivated and what you continue to hone, Brad, you know, it really is about, you know, is this about being liked or is this about being respected? And because you demonstrate and everything you do embodies and is indicative of self-respect, 
that's the energy that permeates to everybody else. That's when everybody can see very clearly, this guy's got his shit together. This guy's messaging is succinct. This guy knows what he's doing and he's accentuating it and he's accelerating it. So I just want to say credit to you for that too, because when I look at you, I don't see remnants of anyone else. I just see you. And I think that is so rare these days in the leadership arena. Thank you. Well, I would agree. And I believe ultimately it might be an amalgamation of a lot of different people, you know, through learning and, 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 you know, mentors and whatnot, but ultimately you have to kind of keep that authenticity. I say, keep it real. You know, you got to be real because mm-hmm. many people are afraid of the, the hate to find the love. And that's really what we're all looking for, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and see, the thing is, too, you're not truly being authentic to yourself, because if what motivates you, um, rather than playing big, that compartmentalizes you into the mindset of playing small. Because if everything you do is precipitated based on what will people think, what will people say, you know, will I get genuine buy-in, will people buy my stuff, will people pay attention to me, or as you said in one of your more recent uh, Instagram videos is will they alternatively, will they choose to then unfollow me? Who gives a shit, right? Like if you show up for who you are and people resonate with you on a far deeper, far more substantial level then that's great. And the more people who fade off into the background and, and, and don't want to be on your radar, that just creates the space for the good stuff. So you've got that down pat, uh, which again, I think is quite phenomenal and quite rare in this space because a lot of people are about the clicks and a lot of people are about the numbers and the analytics and the algorithms and stuff. But when it comes at the cost of what's truly important, then I think you've missed the boat altogether. Yeah, not so. Not to mention, a lot of them are doing it for business purposes, meaning their followers are a form of revenue. They monetize their following and they feel if they, you know, say things that they truly believe that they'll lose a bunch of followers, which equates to losing a bunch of revenue. I do not monetize my following per se. Um, I have a, you know, eight figure business that, that is where I generate revenue from. So I think I have the freedom to be a little less uh, you know, a little less, uh, restricted. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, in another one of your videos, again, I love the takeaways. I love how you just like, you say your little story, you're a good storyteller, great storyteller. And, but then you just wrap it all up in like one last minute closer and then the video's done. And so at eight years old, you were already cognizant of, you know, win-win scenario. And either it is a win-win scenario or there's discrepancies or, again, there's lack. And so when you referenced and cited the story of, you know, how do I go make some money? And you talked about the picking weed story, right? And the guy whose door you knocked on said, you know, there's my weed farm. You go, you know, I'll give you a quarter for every weed. You came back with 800 weeds but you got fired. Let's talk about that. Well, that's because it wasn't win-win. And I think this guy just wanted to help a kid make a little side money for the weekend. It turns out I cracked him for a couple hundred bucks and he wasn't expecting that, nor was that a win-win scenario for him. And uh, I just say that win-win scenarios are ideal and mandatory if you're looking for long-term success. You know, I'm, I'm not looking for a for a temporary solution. I want to continue to build and a long lasting uh, reputation as well as, you know, foundation for successful business. So 
at eight years old, man, when I'm walking home after being fired again, everybody says, all you got to do is work hard. Well, I did work hard. All you have to do is, you know, do the job well. Well, guess what? I did the job well and got fired. And I couldn't <laughs> why that happened until I realized, well, it wasn't good for him. It was good for me. Well, it was short-lived, and so will everything else be if you do not look for win-win scenarios. Well, the funny thing about that is, you know, he was obviously very short-sighted because if you put the you put the money aside, okay, so obviously he had to part with more money than what he was anticipating. But anybody who's a true leader, anybody who can recognize vision in somebody or fortitude or resiliency would have gladly, rather than firing you, would have said, you know what? Job well done. And rather than just meeting that that little minimal quota and then him parting with X amount of dollars, well, if you can tackle more and it's a one-stop shop and you can go there and you can pick as many weeds, well, that saves the time of you having to continuously come back. But at the end of the day, what you're going to get paid is going to be the same. Like, I don't know why people can't see that. Yeah, well, he probably just didn't mind the weeds. I guess not. I guess not. If there was 800 to pluck, you kind of let things go. But anyway. Yeah, um, way more than that. I could have made thousands out of that yard. Right. So let's let's talk about the inception of your journey because I'm very cognizant. My first priority always with my my show here, Brad, it's always for the benefit of the listeners. And I bring on many successful people. You know, they've written a plethora of books in like multiple languages. They've got multi-million dollar businesses. You know, they're serial solopreneur. They've got their hands in all kinds of pots. They're affiliated with all kinds of household names. But to make it real for the listening audience, um, you know, and in terms of really deriving the inspiration, because you didn't wake up. I mean, yes, you've always been Bradley, but you didn't wake up in the way that people would glean you now in social media land. So let's talk about some of the adversity. Let's talk about the inception of the journey. Let's talk about some of the things that make things a little bit more humanly relatable for the listening audience who goes, you know what, this guy I'm inspired by. I love what he's done with his life. I love how many people he continues to help by paying it forward, being of service and just being really good at what he does. But let's talk about how things aren't always what they are now, what you've managed to achieve. So let's talk about the grassroots level of who you were, what you had to overcome and some tough life lessons that you had to get really clear on in order for this to even be possible. You know, that's actually the book that releases in about 30 days is called The Hard Way. And the full mm -hmm. time is I've learned the hard way so you don't have to. It's all about exactly what you just referenced. You know, throughout life, I, I learned pretty much some basic success principles that I believe if you interview all multimillionaires and, you know, they're going to they're going to probably have the same lesson or the same point. The, the difference is, is how did we learn it? Uh, so ultimately, you know, seeking authenticity, you know, I used to at six years old, I used to run around telling all my neighborhood friends that my dad owned Disneyland. Uh, I was ashamed of the house we lived in. For some reason, there was a little shithole surrounded by nice houses. The people on the right of us, you know, owned a grocery store chain. The people across the street was, you know, was was an eye doctor and his kids. So, so everyone around me was was, you know, I, not I wouldn't say rich now, but I then I thought they were, but they were very you know successful compared to our family. And I just felt ashamed. I felt like people didn't really want us there. I always felt like that, that 
evil eye on us just because we were, I assumed, poor and not poor like, you know, poor, poor, but but definitely poor based on the neighborhood. And so I lied. Well, that backfired. And ultimately, you know, until I moved out of that town, I was kind of labeled a liar, not really liked much. You know, in fact, one time I asked a girl to go out with me on the on the little piece of paper that said, will you be my girlfriend? Yes or no. And she, she wrote, yes, but don't tell anyone. Oh, so, uh, you know, ultimately you have to find authenticity and be yourself. We just talked about that. There's, you know, tons of lessons. But, you know, ultimately, I think at 30 years old is when it really changed for me. Um, Zig Ziglar, I had the pleasure of working with and, you know, his family's obviously still a client of ours, but. He told me one time, you know, the best way to get what you want is to help others get paid. (laughs) And I I never really understood what he meant. But in looking back, it's like I remember the day that everything kind of changed. I was excellent at sales, always have been. I became very good at grabbing people off the street and turning them into good, productive salespeople, sales managers. I can make better salespeople better than they were. So it didn't really matter. I just had a, a knack of, of being able to communicate in a way that people understood. Well, up until 30, all I wanted to do was make money for myself. Like if I sold you something, I didn't really care if you, if, if you really needed it or not. Um, I just wanted to get the commission mm-hmm. and I about myself. Well, there was a hardworking individual in the back of this dealership I was running one time. And, you know, this guy ultimately was a hard worker, really good guy, great wife, great kids. Everything was great about him, but they didn't have a lot of money. I could see the shame in the wife's eyes when she would come in. She wouldn't want to get out of the car or pull up front because it was a, you know, a little shitter. You know, the kids came in with raggedy clothes from, from, you know, Kmart or Target, you know, and this guy, I could just see it in his eyes, just like I could see it in my dad's eyes. And and it's like, I said one day, man, let me, let me show you how to sell and, and, and help you that way. So I taught him how to sell within a couple months. He was making 15,000 a month on a regular basis from a, from minimum wage. And I just watched his whole life transform and that kind of got me hooked. So I said, man, I'm going to quit my job, start a training company. Well, just that alone allowed me to start generating the, what I was really looking for, which was, you know, financial success up until then. I I think the most I ever made was three or 400,000 in a year. And I could never really break that until I started helping other people. Like when I started my training company, it wasn't about making money. That was a side note. It was about helping other people make more money. And, and when I got up in the morning, man, that's what excited me. I'm going to go help people make more money, live better lives, have better Christmases, get better clothes for their kid, you know, better schools for their kid. It just makes somebody feel good. So I got to a point where I was doing what Zig Ziglar said. I was uh, getting what I want by helping others get what (laughs) they want. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, you said something that really touched a chord in me, and it's a theme that comes up because I, you know, predominantly majority of the people who I'm interviewing for one reason or another, they're all highly successful and most of which they're household notable names. 
And there's always been some, in terms of their backstory, there's always been some level of shame that's been associated with their story. And yes, it might have been the motivating, precipitating factor for them to say, not me, that might have been what I got brought up in, that might have been, you know, the limit or the the bar for which my dad was going to raise or the standard. But no, we learned a tough life. and, and, And I'm not, you know, that intergenerational shit stops with me. So but oftentimes a lot of people who are successful because that was the that was the initial inspiration i find a lot of uh really successful people only feel or believe at the residence level that they can maintain that level of success if they always focus on what they came from and i mean obviously along the way you've rewritten your story you've uh you know you've recalibrated your DNA, you've got a different physiology going on, you've got different principles and things at play. But at what point, if this did in fact happen, Brad, at what point did something shift within you where you said, you know what, this isn't about proving other people wrong anymore. And it's not about getting out from underneath my humble beginnings per se. This is really about I've come into my own and I'm like, I'm doing it all for the right reasons. Did you have that shift? Uh, Not yet. Okay. Like ultimately, I mean, you could say that, I guess. However, you know, I, I do what I do to help people. Like, you know, I, I post a lot on social media, specifically Instagram more than any other. And, you know, I create these little videos that you're, that you see, well, those aren't free, you know, that costs me money. And a lot of people always say, well, I never see you selling anything. Why do you do it? And it's 100% because that's my mission. I want to get the knowledge from the people who have it to the people who need it. And I am one of the ones who have it. So for me not to share would be kind of hypocritical. Don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. But I guess what, maybe I didn't phrase it properly. Maybe you did answer. I don't know, but I just want to reframe that. So, you know, a lot of people, they think the secret ingredient to their success, and maybe this is what motivated them to start the journey, to start the path, to start getting the momentum going. It was really the contrast of the circumstances that they came out of, call it their birthing story, call it their family story, dysfunction, whatever the case may be, poverty, homelessness. And it's, it's, and and possibly like you say, all the people who kind of uh, look upon you differently, right? And you carry that shame and you, you know, those are memories that are imprinted indelibly on your soul that you don't necessarily forget. And some people, regardless of their age in life or their stage of success, they still feel that if they always default to, oh, I can't go back, you know, I can't be my dad, I can't be my childhood, I can't be my whatever. That's the driving factor, as opposed to whenever it kicks in, it's more now, you know what, it's not about proving anyone wrong. It's about proving myself right. And when I get my shit sorted out, then I'm even more effective because whatever I implemented solution-wise for myself, I know that I'm not statistically the only one. So now I can, you know, impart my message, my solution, my techniques, my strategies, whatever, and I can make it work for the collective. So I'm looking at it more from the barometer of, are you still motivated by the, the poverty story? where it's like, it's kind of deeply embedded in your subconscious, like that can't be me, man, that can't be me. Or is it more like, 
you know, I don't even have to stress about that. That was once upon a time. That was like a different lifetime ago. I'm in the flow, man, and it works for me. And I don't care who's with me or who's not with me. I'm doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, I've made that transition. I can't remember at what point, but I'm definitely not in the past. I, I believe if you live in the past, that causes depression. Yeah. If you live in the future, that causes anxiety. <clears throat> so I like to live in the now, you know, ultimately. Mm-hmm. But but I'm most definitely not motivated by my past. Uh, I remember it, of course, but it doesn't really motivate me. What motivates me, again, today is 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 the ability to help other people get to where they want to be. Like, for example, clarity is gold in a world of chaos. Bingo. If you simply, like, for example, anybody listening to this, go ahead and grab a pen real quick. I'm going to have you write down five things that if you can master these five things, I promise you, you'll get everything you want out of life and probably even more. Like, for example, the first one, I call them the five M's. Okay. The first one is your mindset, because if you don't have the right mindset, everything else is more difficult. So what I would say to people is let's let's work on the mindset first so you can actually, you know, have an easier time with the rest of them. So the mindset is ultimately, what do I believe? A lot of people, you know, don't really reach their goals or, or have what they want because of their beliefs. You know, they've they've learned all kinds of wives tales that aren't really true, especially nowadays. I mean, times have changed. So just write down mindset. What do I believe? Because that has to be mastered. Number two is map. Okay. Which is ultimately, what do I want? Let's get clear and specific about what it is that you want. How do you know what to do if you don't know exactly what you want? So that's the map. And then the third one is motion. Okay. Which is what are my habits? What do you do every day? I can fine-tune and pinpoint people's problems all day long and 85% of the time, it is their habits. It is their daily activities or lack thereof that is the culprit, right? So if you have the right mindset, you know exactly what you want. Well, then you just determine what daily habits do you need to either form or operate by that will drive you towards those goals. If if part of your success map is I want to have a six-pack, you know, and then you eat a cheeseburger, does that drive Towards your goal, or <laughs> now, now the rest of them are just choices. Because when it really boils down to it, it's all about choices. The choices you make determine the road you take. However, if we want to make it simple, which is what I try to do for people, you have to understand if your mindset's right and you and you have the right beliefs, and you figure out exactly what you want, then you can reverse engineer how to get it just by creating and forming the habits, your motion. What steps are you taking on a daily basis? How many are you taking? Which brings up the next M, which is measurement. You know, inspect what you expect. If you say abs are what I consider successful and that's what I want, and then you're eating cheeseburgers, well, then you need to either, you know, get in the game or take off the jersey. Stop saying that you want to be this and you want to be that, but then not doing the things that's required. And by the way, they're not hard to figure out, right? We all know mm-hmm. how to be healthy. We all know how to get abs. We all know, you know, how to make money. It's not hard to make money. You solve problems. You look for problems. Most people avoid problems. They don't want problems. I love problems. They're like, <laughs> they're, 
They're like puzzles. And over the years, I've gotten very good at solving problems. So if one can get excellent at solving problems, how valuable is that person to the average person that can't stand problems? If I'm Absolutely. a solver and, and you know that I am, you bring me your problems, I exchange it for a fee and I solve your problems. That's how you make money, folks. You want to start a business? Look for problems. Then figure out a solution and then attach a price tag that's lower than it costs you to deliver. And you have a business. So you want to do the, the fourth M, which is measurement. You want to inspect what you expect. Am I doing the daily habits? Because if you're not, you can always pinpoint it. Like, hey, I'm not getting in shape as fast as I want. Go look at your daily habits. Go look at the motion. You're going to go, yeah, I'm not working out as long as I should or as much as I should or as much as I can. And then why am I not? Why am I not doing that, Lisa? Well, yeah. that's the mindset. It's you believe something that's limiting you. you. Your mindset is incorrect if you're not doing what it takes to get what you want. You're saying you want it. You know how to do it, but you're not doing it. Your, your willpower, your discipline, whatever you want to call it, is not there. Well, I promise you, now you need to go focus on the mindset again. Why? Well, something's stopping you. I believe most people deep down, they really don't like themselves because of all the lies and procrastination and crap that's happened in their life. And so they subconsciously don't like themselves. And I've got a solution for those people. And a lot of times they're not even aware of it, but it is, the, it is what's, what's happening. And ultimately, your subconscious is saying, I don't want you to win. So I'm mm -hmm. going to cause you to make decisions and choices that literally stop you from getting what you want. Why? Because I don't think you deserve it. I don't think you, you know, are a good enough person. You don't deserve it. So some people consciously think that, but a lot of people unconsciously think that. And that's what stops them. Okay. So again, go back to your mindset. Figure out what the belief system is that's stopping you from getting what you want. And then the last one is money. As soon as you start making money, which we've all probably, you know, achieved in life where we made a little more than we're spending. Well, what are you doing with that money? Mm -hmm. What are you doing with it? Because if you're using it to freaking waste, you know, you could spend 20 years making great money and end up broke. You agree? Very true. Yeah. So, so what are you doing with your money? You know, are you, are you blowing it on fancy cars and, and leases and big houses so you can look successful? And then I always ask people, do you want to look successful or do you want to be successful? Yes. I don't care if somebody, you know, thinks that I'm rich. I want to be rich and I don't care what other people think. Hey, I thought you were rich. Why are you driving a Ford Raptor? Well, number, <laughs> number one, because I love a Ford Raptor. Number two, you haven't been in my garage. You don't know that there's six other cars sitting there that probably are worth more than your house. But at the end of the day, it's irrelevant what I drive. That's the point. My money needs to be focused on making more money. Uh, you know, you send your money off to, to, to school and it comes back with friends and that's what you're looking for. So if you focus on your mindset, the map, the motion, the measurement and the money, you're going to go as far as you want to go. And if you don't, then you just need to go focus on one of those five M's, mainly the mindset. Mm. Now, I, I, I have what I call the sacred six and the million dollar morning. The sacred six will literally uh, uh, cause people to start repairing the relationship they have with themselves and then life gets better automatically. The sacred six. Love that.
Yeah, first thing, first thing the sacred six is, again, just like if you had a friend that just constantly let you down and constantly screwed you over, what would you do with that friend, Lisa? I'd say, fuck you. I'm gone. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, but that friend is you. You cannot do oh, that. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Then you've got to go, as you've said, and I subscribe to this wholeheartedly. I talk about this extensively even with my own coaching clients. You know, everything is an inside job. You know, your perception of the outside world is only mirroring back and what is indicative of what's going on inside. So you don't like any aspect of your life, then you've got to really focus in on that. And you pointed that out where people identify, well, that's a problem. That makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't want to sit in my pain. I don't want to analyze it. I don't want to inspect it, dissect it. Even if they know that by choosing to do so, they're going to come out with a different kind of result that's going to morph every other aspect of their life. Short-term pain, long-term gain. But you know what? People don't want to own their own bullshit. So you're absolutely right. Your relationship with yourself is an indicator and a barometer for every other relationship and any other success or failure you will have in your lifetime. So if people don't see that as being worthy of the investment, then those aren't my people. I can't work with you. 100%. You know, so so going back, if you, you know, you'd tell your friend to fuck off, but, but at the end of the day, <laughs> you, you can't do that. So what do True. you do? Well, now let's just use the same analogy. So if your friend came back, you really did love the person. Um, however, uh, you know, they, they hurt you and, and they really, truly, sincerely apologized. You'd probably give them a, a second chance. Well, of course. Well, that's what that's the first of the sacred six. That's what we need to do. We need to apologize to ourselves, forgive ourselves, wipe the slate clean. Everyone deserves a second chance, no matter what you did or a third or a fourth. Everybody deserves more in life than they're getting. And I don't care what you're getting. You deserve more. Mm -hmm. So you have to apologize and forgive yourself, number one. Number two, you want to commit. Okay, that's ethics and integrity. You want to commit to always do what you say you're going to do, no matter what. Mm -hmm. And that includes for yourself. Like when some people say, I'm going to start a diet on Monday, and they wake up and they're like, well, you know, I'll do it Tuesday. I'm, I'm busy today. They rationalize. And, dude, that's letting yourself down. That's literally breaking what you said you would do. So always commit to doing what you say you're going to do. Most people get anxious with that. It's very simple. You get to choose what you agree to. So just don't agree to so much. You know, be careful what you commit to. That's all. And then number three is you want to rack up the wins. A lot of times, you know, we're, we're taught to make these big goals. But when we miss them, again, subconsciously, it's a miss. It's a loss. You know, your mind doesn't know the difference between a big win and a little win. But it knows the difference between a win and a loss. So how do we rack up the wins and start training ourselves to know that we are winners? We, we achieve what we set our mind to. Well, set smaller goals, as dumb as that sounds. You know, set attainable goals every single day and achieve them. So it's simple. It's you, you just want to rack up the wins. And then here's what happens. About 60 to 90 days later, you start to walk a little more proudly. You start to feel like you deserve a little more. Mm -hmm. Act like you deserve a little more. And then people will come out of the woodwork, which is the fourth one. you got to get rid of the hate and the headlines. People will come out of the woodwork, Lisa, and they'll be, oh, you know, you seem a little bit arrogant. Oh, why do you think you deserve so much? Hey, why don't you calm down? What, you don't want to hang out anymore? You're too good for us now? <laughs> so all of these people will come out of the woodwork. So you want to eliminate the negativity, right? No hate. Yes. No, get rid of it. Then, then you want to visualize, okay? You want to visualize correctly. Most people say, you know, I'm going to do affirmations. I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to be a millionaire. 
I'm going to be successful. I'm going to have the perfect relationship. The problem is, is that's a future tense sentence. Like, don't, don't, don't say you're going to. What if your subconscious mind is there simply to make you right and you keep saying, I'm going to be rich? Well, okay. Well, that's never going to happen. Because- yeah, good point. Good point. And you want to visualize, again, specifically what you want out of life. That's one of them. So, so again, figure out and get clarity. And then the last one is seek information. People don't understand that if you want to change what you're getting, you have to change what you're doing. And in order mm-hmm. to change what you're doing, you have to change your beliefs. Like if you want to change someone's behavior, change their belief. That's how you change their behavior. Bingo. You can give them consequences. It's not going to change their behavior when it's their behavior because it's based on their belief. So if you want to change what you're doing, you have to change your beliefs. Well, how do you change your beliefs? Well, you seek new information. I mean, think about the last time you changed your mind. Why did you change your mind? Well, I, I got new information. You know, I used to think Lisa's show was, was ridiculous. I would never be on it. Well, what happened? Well, then I listened to a couple of episodes and I'm like, wow. It's not as bad as I thought. I got new information and that's what made me change my mind and my belief. And that's what made me change my actions. And that's what got me new results. So again, the sixth one is wake up daily and seek new information. Now, like I said, back with the five M's, the mindset's key. Most people wake up with the wrong mindset to begin with. Here's what, if I give you a million dollars cash, Tell me what you'd feel. People say, man, enthusiastic, pumped up, relief. You know, it's, it would be amazing. I would love it. I'd be so happy, so excited. And then I say, okay, what if I, you said I'll give you a million dollars, but you can't wake up tomorrow. Your, your life would be over. They're like, well, of course not. Okay, so what you just agreed to and, and acknowledged is that waking up is worth more than a million dollars. And if you really want to go there, how about two million and you won't wake up? Nope. How about 10 million? Nope. So what you're saying is waking up in the morning is worth more than millions of dollars, but yet you wake up with the shit attitude of, I got to, <laughs> you know, I got to make my car payment. I got to take my kids to school. It's like, dude, if you knew how valuable waking up was, you wake up and you're like, now I get to go to school. I get to make my car payment. And you and that enthusiasm is, is contagious and spreads throughout the day. So you wake up with the with the gratitude that you woke up like there's no such thing as a bad day the question is is how good will it get oh i love that you unpack that beautifully so well that's the first step of what i call my million dollar morning you wake up with that gratitude you have to train it sometimes i i I put a sign on my wall that said congratulations you get another day bitch so every time (laughs) up and i started thinking negatively i'd look over see that sign and just put a smile on my face and i'm like that is true (laughs) That is true. So, so, so wake up with the right mindset and all the perspective shifts. And now everything is an opportunity. Okay. And so now you leap out of bed. You're excited to be able to go to the gym. Now, why do I say the gym? Well, because there's four key components you want to work on every day. The core four, you can call them. Mm-hmm. Number one, you want to work on your health because if your health goes, trust me, your money means nothing. Your, your, your life means very little when your health is at risk. So you want to wake up every morning and focus at least 15 minutes, preferably an hour, on your health. How do you do that? Well, you increase your heart rate. You eat correctly one time. Can you do that one time? And if you can't, why? Do you hate it? 
So, so you wake up and you focus on your health for 15 minutes to an hour. And, and people are, well, I can't afford a gym membership. Well, dude, bend your fat ass down. <laughs> okay? Like, drop to the floor and push your fat ass off the floor. Okay? That is exercise. You don't need a gym membership. At the end of the day, folks, quit making excuses. You're making excuses because you don't like yourself and you don't think you deserve it. So your mind creates limitations like, well, I don't have a gym membership. Don't be an asshole. Okay. It's who you're talking about. You want, you hate yourself or something. Do you not deserve health? So guess what? Focus on your health. Step two, focus on relationships. Relationships is the new currency. How do you do that? Text five people, send them a video, send them an email. It just says, I love you. I miss you. I I appreciate you. Whatever it is positive, And you watch those relationships flourish. If you ignore people, they go away. If you focus and give them attention, the relationship grows. So you want to focus on your relationships. The third one, now you want to focus on your money. Okay. Money is important. Okay. Do Mm -hmm. not leave the old money's not important crap. We all, you know, you go places. Nobody wants to talk about money. Nobody wants to talk about religion. Nobody wants to talk about politics. Okay. Money is not bad. It is not the root of all evil. Bingo. Okay. The love of it may be according to the Bible, but the money itself is not what's the root of evil. Money allows you to do a lot of things. So how do you focus on it every day? Simple. You wake up every day with that enthusiasm. You get your workout and your nutrition in. You freaking text or, or, or email five people and tell them how much you appreciate them. And then you write down five things that you have to do today that drive revenue. And just make sure every day you're focused on driving revenue. And guess what? What you focus on grows, people. It's not Absolutely. Right. And then the last one is, again, seek new information, which is ultimately pick up a book, pick up anybody's book, pick up my book the hard way, read a few pages every single morning. Next thing you know, you're like reading two, three books a week, maybe one book a week, maybe two books a month. Who knows? But you're seeking new information and you're going to be finding new things and you're going to be changing your beliefs on a regular basis and your beliefs lead to your actions and then your actions lead to your results. So if every morning, the million dollar morning, you wake up with enthusiasm and optimism, okay, and you bound out of bed and you focus on, hey, let me get my health knocked out, let me get my relationships built, let me get my money focused, and let me get some new information, man, I'm telling you, you do that for 60 to 90 days, you are going to be unstoppable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I I loved everything you just said, but going back to what you said about the five M's. That's a good segue because I was going to talk about the five things that you mentioned in terms of what it, what is required for being decisive, right? If you don't, if you're not willing to take a chance on anything, if you're not willing to take a chance on anything. You really, you don't, you've kind of forfeited the right to bitch and moan about stuff as far as I'm concerned, because yep. the wealth of knowledge is at your disposal. The resources are at everyone's disposal. And for the times that we live in, in terms of everything being uh, virtual and tech savvy and all this free social media, like I can't even imagine going back to once upon a time, even before social media, the thousands of dollars, people who were particularly entrepreneurial, had their own business, wanted their startup, you know, what they had to do and what they had to part with cash wise to get their name out there on a billboard, on a bus depot, on, you know, the yellow pages in the phone book, whatever the case may be. So when I hear people bitching and moaning about, 
oh, I just can't do that. Or, you know, that's just for a select few. Or, you know, I wasn't born with that. I don't have a silver spoon. Or somebody, go, you know, they, they hit the jackpot in the gene pool or whatever the case may be. I, I, there's nothing that incenses me more than the people who they don't want to hear the solution. They're always committed to the problem. Uh, you know, they've just got themselves so deeply buried and immersed in the poor me victimology mentality. I have no tolerance for that whatsoever, particularly in 2020. This is the land of opportunity. Well, everything you just mentioned is in the first M mindset. That is your the, belief. And yeah. you need, because again, you're, you're limiting your beliefs. You're saying, you know, your perspective's wrong. Like do the million dollar morning. You know, I, you know, I, I hit the jackpot in the gene pool. I'm not like them lucky ones. Well, the fact that you're in the gene pool makes you lucky, dipshit. No shit. <laughs> hey, then, then, then let me tell you something. Like looking back, someone, someone asked me, Grant Cardone asked me to speak on one of his stages. Um, I'm like, listen, I don't really think I should be speaking because I haven't reached my, my level yet. He said, absolutely, you should be speaking. Tell us what you did. I, I just looked back and I said, what did I do? And I came up with what I call the five factors for guaranteed success. And you already hit one. Number one, take a chance. Most people won't take a chance because they fear other people's judgment. They fear failure. They fear things. And the reason they fear things is, again, mindset. So you have to take a chance or you're going to work for someone who did, period. Mm -hmm. Okay, you have to get, number two is you have to get good at solving problems. Okay, everybody wants to avoid problems. Ask the next pe seven people you talk to. Hey, you want a problem? They're going to be like, no. Well, dude, I do. Give me a problem. I want to get good at solving them. How do you get good at anything? Practice, repetition. So That's right. Solve problems. You have to look for problems. Number three, you have to be willing to make adjustments. Most people are laser focused. They're, they're stubborn. They don't want to move because we've been taught just to, you know, just stick with it. No, no, no. Listen to the information that you're getting. Okay. And make adjustments. I started out when I started a training company as a live trainer. Then I went to a guy who was making CD-ROMs. Then I went to a guy who was training online. The first guy who was training online. Then I went to a software company. Like I made adjustments. Otherwise I wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. So just because, just because, you know, you're headed, you're, 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 you're steadfast in one direction. Doesn't make, doesn't make it the right direction. Right. So, so, so pay attention and make adjustments. The fourth one is learn new information. We, we covered that. You have to learn, constantly learn new information. And then the fifth one is quit comparing yourself to other people. Okay? Bingo. Worry about what Johnny 609 is putting on a social media. You don't know their story and, and don't feel like people are better than you. They're, they just might be ahead of you. That's all. Nobody's better than you. They're just ahead of you. So instead of worrying about what someone else has and what someone else says, worry about what you have and what you say. Like, what are you posting? What are you getting out of life? So I always say, don't compare yourself, prepare yourself. And the number five is outdo yesterday. Just the only person you're in competition with is yourself. Yeah. Out the day before, people, and you continuously get better. Absolutely. Well, and the other thing, the, the pitfall and the rabbit hole that I think people oftentimes make too, I mean, we've already kind of, uh, we've, we've discussed this, but I want to reiterate the point, the add on point, you know, it, it's not, you don't want to piggyback off of what other people do, but you also don't want to buy into uh, the presumption because it's a choice how we decide to look at people, how we choose to fact find them, do our research, look at them in all their facets and variations of personality because people like you are not one dimensional. 
right? Off, but th- sometimes the average person who's looking at you might be one dimensional. Is that your issue? No. Do you own it? No. But a lot of people will buy into the hype. A lot of people will, there's a lot of hype, you know, oh, I've got the six cars, I've got the Rolex, I've got the, you know, I find the people who really have the most money and it's not because they have shame issues with money or they give a shit whether people think they're narcissistic as opposed to just you know embracing abundance and it's their birthright and stuff like that um but they're low-key with it right like they don't they don't necessarily talk about who they're donating their money to oftentimes it's, it's anonymously done they don't need to have their name associated with it because if they're really motivated for uh, authentic factors or, or they're trying to be a good humanitarian or they're just trying to do the right thing, you don't always have to have your name attached to it. However, in saying that, I think it's also good in some instances to have your name attached to it, to put the the picture up of the Bentley or the, the Rolex or the whatever, because people can't, people can't aspire to something if they don't see the visual. Right. They need to know that one actually equates with the other, that if they put in the hard work, hard work, work does equate to results, whether you call it something materialistic, whether you call it like six extra zeros in your bank account, whatever the case may be, or to your Instagram account, you know, so yes, results don't lie. But I think the people who know how to balance that in the middle, you know, it's not over the top bullshit embellished stuff, but it's also, you know, I'm very down to earth. I'm very grounded. I'm very clear on what motivates me every day, what gets me out of bed. And it's about serving. And if serving means being the best problem solver in the world, and you know that that works works and converts for you monetarily, but it also transforms and shifts other people's life. Why the hell shouldn't you be proud of that? More people should be doing that. Well, it goes back to that subconscious people. Yeah achievements and then they literally talk themselves out of success yeah absolutely well listen being cognizant of time i want to give you the opportunity brad where can people connect with you for an initial consultation where that can they tune into your content uh your podcast you know anything else you've got going up any type of masterminds anything you've got going on how can people connect with you well you know they just google me yeah (laughs) up to the top yeah, Instagram at the real Bradley. I don't have consultations and things like that because I'm not selling you coaching. Uh, you know, I'm not. If you if you want to train people better or make money uh, sharing your knowledge online, well then reach out to me or go to LightspeedVT.com. But you know, if you want to hear more just in my general opinions, go to Bradley. That's L-E-A dot com and order my book the hard way. It's coming out here in about thirty days. Yeah, fantastic. And so living fearlessly means different things to different people. And some people, all they have to do is look at your laundry list of accomplishments and accolades and go, there's nothing that this guy might be fearful of. Now, different things underscore that. What does living fearlessly mean to you? Not where you triggered by fearful of, uh, you know, I think you push through it. But what does living fearlessly mean to you, Brad? Honestly, it kind of means impossible because I don't to live fearlessly. I think we're always going to have fear. It's built into us to keep us alive. I think you should use your fear to drive you. It's a powerful motivator. So like, I don't fear what might happen if I try and fail. I fear what will happen if I don't try. So I just change my fear, right? But I don't think living fearlessly is even possible, even though it's an excellent name and an excellent idea. 
Well, living and again, that's it, that's it's it's very subjective. Living fearlessly, by no means, in terms of it being my branding or the name of my show, it's not indicative of you know I have no fear. It's exactly what you said. It's owning the fear, but stepping into it regardless, and stepping into it in spite of, and coming out bigger and better on the other end. Right. That, that will always happen if you do just that. Absolutely. So. I just want to say, Brad, this has been, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I could talk to you for hours at nauseum. I think what you're doing is stellar. I have a lot of respect for you. I think what you're doing for the collective and transforming people's lives and getting them to shift and, you know, you're all about expansion and involvement. I think that's amazing. So I just want to thank you for the gift of your time. You're always welcome to come back. Open standing invitation here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. To my loyal listeners, podcast subscribers, I want to thank you very much for the gift of your time for tuning into myself and Brad Lee here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I'm exceptionally clear on my purpose. My purpose is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next Friday, when we're joined by yet another phenomenal guest, I want to wish you All my best, love and gratitude, take care, and to you as well, Brad. Thanks so much. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout-out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and AHA That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero, be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.